0: It's time for this week's Uplift, three ordinary guys that want you to find the freedom that is available
1: by knowing our Lord Jesus Christ. So sit back and enjoy Uplift,
2: brought to you by the Fulcrum Center. Visit our site at thefulcrumcenter.org. Well, good evening, guys. Hey, what's up, Chad? Well, Mm -hmm. we're we're here in snowy Ohio and not-so-snowy South Carolina tonight.
1: I did want to ask, how much snow did you get, Robert? Please say a lot.
0: Zero. <laughs> I live here in the warmer climate. Thank yeah. you, Lord.
1: You might have a couple new neighbors here pretty soon if this keeps up.
2: That's right. <laughs> that Assembly God, of God Church down here in Hartsville might be growing. <laughs>
0: <That's right. laughs> Amen.
2: Amen. Yeah. Can I bring my mother in law?
0: <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: We welcome all. It's unfortunately a package deal. I mean, I, not unfortunately we we'll have to edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill gets
2: along with his entire family. I do. I yes, do. he does.
1: I, I, I'm, I'm very blessed. I really am.
2: Mm-hmm. I'd say, unfortunately, for the mother-in-law, you know, just because <laughs> you have to put up with Phil. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So, so tonight we were we were talking off camera, trying to de- to decide what to talk about and we came up with a couple things that so we wanted to talk about uh trials versus temptations and what may be uh just fleshly problems or problems we bring upon ourselves versus what the enemy brings upon us
1: mhm right you know uh as robert said off camera there's people that believe and and you know there was a time when i kind of believed that i started falling into that trap that that the devil's responsible for everything or his his demons they're the result of every thing that every trial or temptation even that's not Mm -hmm. the case um but they love that they love to hear that because that gives them the glory that gets their name out there and that's what they want anything to get your eyes off of god yeah Mm -hmm. So we're going to take it away
0: from them say they're not responsible for everything. That's right. Well, and also, it also uh, alleviates our responsibility. Because yeah. If we can blame the devil, then it <laughs> makes us feel a little less guilty. Right? Yeah, the like, devil made me do it, right? Yeah. 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 Which is what Adam tried to do, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, you know, God, apparently the woman you gave me, <laughs> you two need to get together because this isn't working, right? Like he had no responsibility <laughs> in it.
2: That's an interesting angle. I've never really thought about that. So we we blame sometimes we blame the devil just to make ourselves feel better.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Never thought of that before. You know, I mean, think about this. If you cannot accept the responsibility of your sin, you cannot receive salvation.
1: Yeah, that's true. Because God wants us to ask him for forgiveness mm-hmm. to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. Mm-hmm. And if we are not going to accept that we have sin, then there's no salvation for you.
0: Yeah, You have to be in agreement with God. Yeah. All accounts. So, and so, yeah. So I think, I think that's part of the issue. I think uh, the, the danger of, 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 I think I think that's obviously what we're talking about tonight is how the difference between true temptation from the enemy and what he honestly actually because there is such that there is truly a real oppression and possession he can cause that he's actually responsible for. And then there's the difference between that and then what we're actually doing where we do this ourselves where we're just acting like the devil, but it's really on us. Right. And so it's really on us as we give in to those temptations Mm -hmm. and, uh, as we go through those trials and troubles in our own life. And, uh, and so, yeah, so yeah, the difference between that is very important that we are able to recognize that I'm not pretending that I can say a hundred percent of the time that I can recognize those things. Right. So, uh, so, you know, sometimes I'll end up trying to cast the devil away. Making sure he's not involved, and then I'll be like, okay, this is <laughs> right, like this is I gotta pay attention to what's happening here.
1: Exactly, yeah. You know, because if you do um you know, you do call upon God to be free from this oppression, whether it be for a time or a few minutes or whatever, and the temptation's still there, it's probably mm-hmm. your flesh then. It's you need to crucify the flesh. There's a reason the Bible says to to be crucified with Christ, not so that we get hung on a cross, but that we crucify our flesh Mm. and destroy it. Because when you do, here's here's something that I'm glad you brought this up tonight, Chad, because I was just thinking about this um, the other day. And that is like an addict, if they are coming out of, uh, whether it be alcohol or drugs or you know, any pretty much anything, you will go through withdrawals where and that's how they help people come become clean, is they let them go through these withdrawals, even though it's painful. And I guess they get really sick. I have never experienced this physically like that, but um, you know, they could be similar things, like if you are denying yourself of something let's just say some kind of food you could go through some kind of withdrawal it may not be like as severe as coming off of drugs or alcohol or something but unless you continue to deny the flesh what it is desiring Mm -hmm. you if you give in then you start over Mm -hmm. but it gets to the point where you'll crucify it you'll get past it and Unless you fall into that temptation again, you're good.
2: Yeah, I, I think one thing that I've been thinking about this whole week was that, you know, because Phil had asked the question in the Bible, the James Bible study that we're doing, uh, what is the difference between or the correlation between
1: I, Yeah, okay, I remember asking
2: tempt, temptations and trials? And, you know, what I think or what I've experienced in my life is, That me failing to avoid temptations has directly led to my trials. So uh the what and the example that I gave uh that really sticks out and is personal to me is you know, for many, many years I've caved completely just caved into to my temptations for food and gluttony, which caused trials, and the trials is overweight. Uh, and health issues associated with that. And, and, and not only that, but just the mental stuff that goes with it and, and all those sorts of things, physical, mental and everything. So that's important. I think for people to realize that, that that is one way that the two correlate. And that's also a way that they're different is that temptations are just that, you know, Adam and Eve and, and, you know, when they were in the garden, they were tempted by the enemy to eat the fruit. Okay. If they would have withstood the enemy. Wow. Think about that. But if, yeah. because they didn't and they caved into that temptation, then they had a real trial.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The real trial was they were separated from God and they it resulted in their death.
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: That's that's a real trial. And it's a trial that all of us face in different ways. I mean, we're not that different from Adam and Eve. You know, whatever your whatever your temptation is, if your temptation is gambling and you lose control of it and you cave into it, you'll end up broke, which causes you other trials. You may lose your house, your car, your relationships and, you know, all sorts of things. If your temptation is alcohol and you cave in too much, it that's alcoholism. that's your and then you've got trials that the repercussions of it. You could again, you could lose your job, you could wreck your car and, and lose your license and and all kinds of things and have health problems of, as a result of it. Mm-hmm. All sorts of stuff. You know, drugs, same way, same sort of thing. Uh, you know, and, and here's where it gets, you know, for Christians, it gets off the rails a little bit, anxiety and depression, you know, we are called to cut, call, to call, uh, call all of our thoughts to the Lord. And, and when we don't, okay, when we're tempted into anxiety and depression and, and I'm guilty of this, I've been guilty of it my whole life. So when I don't change my thought patterns, when I'm tempted to be become anxious or depressed, that leads to trials. And I've experienced those. And that can lead to, to relying on other things to, you know, for a dopamine hit, you know, whether that be food or whatever. Okay. Everybody's got their different things that they do to try to make themselves artificially feel better. But it starts by avoiding the temptation. Yeah. That the yeah. enemy places in your head, you yeah. know, yeah. And, and that's tough. And and back to what you said, Phil, about crucifying your flesh, that's tough. I mean, that's <laughs> tough for almost everybody. That's super tough. And and you know, we can all give examples of things that we've done that with. I mean, we we've all three talked about this at different points over the last however long we've been doing this together, but. That's crucifying of the flesh is very, very, very difficult. But so is this life that we live. And that's why we have the Bible and the word. And, and the, these these guys who wrote the books in the Bible, they lived it. They lived it. They crucified their flesh, you know, and they knew that it was tough and they walked it out just like we have to. And the other thing what is really when you think about it, they weren't perfect at it. <laughs> They weren't perfect at it, you know, so there there's another thing that we can kind of relate to with these people that wrote the books of the Bible is that they weren't perfect in how they crucified their flesh. But they as they as their relationship with God grew and as they come to know Jesus and understand the new covenant that they did better, because one thing, you know, that Robert had mentioned earlier this week to Phil and I. Cast your burdens. What was that, Psalm 55?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Cast your burdens, surrender. You know, that in Robert, what did you say? Refresh my memory what you said. You said surrender leads to God uh, acting in your life. When you yeah, surrender he, he, and he, he cast he, he, your he, burdens he. on Him,
0: it's like counterintuitive. When you surrender, He strengthens you. Yeah which which you know in our mind that doesn't it's amazing how many things in god's kingdom are counterintuitive and that's one of them like you know you, you want to be stronger in the lord surrender mm-hmm. and like 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 give up in other words like give yourself over to the holy spirit and you get stronger and then and it's like that to in our mind that that doesn't make sense because we you know we say you know you got to fight you know you got to will it you've got to do these things mm-hmm. in the spirit world the, the thing you have, the way you fight is different. You have to surrender right. to the Lord because if he doesn't do it, you can't. And you know, it's not just
1: a one-time surrender either. You know, if I go outside and it's raining and I put the umbrella over my head, I'm going to stay dry. The minute I move that umbrella away, I'm going to get wet or, okay, it'll stop raining, So I'm going to throw my umbrella away. I never need it again. Uh-huh. Oh, raining again the next day. Now, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. So you have to surrender, not just once, but daily. And because that's what God wants. That's what a relationship is. It's not, hey, okay, I know you. I'm going to go on with my life now. And I'll come back to you when I need you. No, it is. I need you today. I need you tomorrow. I need you every day. Yeah, Yeah, I kind
0: of joke around. I'm like, I tell my wife, I'm like, look, honey, you know, I I joke around the congregation on this too. I'm like, you know, we always... You know, in marriage, and if you relate that to like being with the Lord in relationship, in marriage, if I look at my wife and I say, Well, honey, on the day we got married, I told you I loved you. And so if anything changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> like that's not gonna fly, right? Like no. she's gonna want to see that expression of love every day, right? Like it's right, needs dead, it needs to be done. It needs to, <laughs> Right. And so like relationships are dynamic and ongoing. And yeah. so like, yeah, we kind of treat the Lord that way. We're like, Lord, I told you I loved you on the day that, you know, you, right. you saved me. And, you know, that's enough. You know, like, I'll, I'll let you know if anything changes. Right? <laughs> like, and and like, could you imagine if the Lord ever did that to us? Like, totally silent, never involved in our life. And he's like, I'll let you know if anything changes. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, that would be horrible. Right. We We, we would do terrible things. And so like, you know, that's not the way that you're, as you were saying, that's not the way relationships work. And and it works the same way, just as you were saying, surrendering to the Lord. That's why I think Jesus tells us we have to die to ourselves every day. Yeah. Because as Chad was saying, like those temptations, like what is a temptation? A temptation is something you desire that God doesn't. Mm hmm. And like, so you're, you want something and James even refers to this, by the way, like why they had quarrels in the church. Cause you want something and can't have it. Right. And so like, what happens is we want something and we want it badly because we desire it. We enjoy it, but we know God does not mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And yeah. so what's the fight? The fight is between us and doing what's right. Knowing that if we do this, it will be disobedience. Right. But we're fighting the desire. And so, and, you know, Satan knows we desire those things. So there are some times where we just desire that. There are some times where Satan pays attention to what we desire and drops that in us. Even try to create those strongholds, I think. Mm -hmm. But um, the reality is like, however the temptation comes, it's kind of like that with trials. I think trials can be such a large category. It's like every trouble we go through. Every type of trouble you can go through can be considered trials and troubles, right? So what, what is the trouble you're going through and what's the cause of it? Some of it's going to be our own temptations, the things we desire. And, uh, then the others will be something that Satan is literally doing to us. Mm-hmm. You know, so Job would be a good example. Yeah. Like, I don't think Job realized it, but he was literally being oppressed by the devil.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, but he was having trouble in his life that wasn't necessarily his own temptations but were things that were happening to him that's out of his control. Um, But with regard to his own temptations, right, his temptations came into play with, is he still going to follow the Lord? Are you still going to choose God in spite of what you're going through?
2: That's an interesting point, because really, when you think about it, did and you guys will have to refresh my memory, but did Job ever talk about the spiritual enemy, the devil? Or did he just basically say, of oh, these terrible things happened to me and he kept crying out to God?
1: Well, yeah. Satan's mentioned in the first chapter, maybe the second chapter as well. But I don't think it's Job has any record or mm-hmm. any knowledge of the fact that it's. See.
0: Nor does his friends. Or nor his does his friends, friends blame right. God, yeah. right? His friends are his friends are like, well, this is coming on you because you're you're obviously hiding sin. Mm-hmm. You obviously have done something against God. So their whole theology is bad things happen because God's punishing you, right. Okay? right? And like, and then of course God rebukes them at the end. Like that's not the reason this was happening.
2: And <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> no, but God, right, I don't
0: think God ever even tells him why it happened. No no
1: yeah and then he said god says to his friends you're lucky job prayed for you you'd be gone
2: right now (laughs) that's right Uh, that's pretty amazing
0: yeah Mm -hmm. so job is getting both ends of the the stick here right it's like he's not only literally getting oppressed but he's also receiving the temptation from different sources like i mean he's sitting with Friends, right? His friends, to and they're trying to convince him to repent over things that has he, never happened, right? <laughs> like, like confess <laughs> things, you know, do these right. things, and so like it, it's a struggle. He's having he's having both an internal and external struggle,
1: right?
2: Well, and I'll tell you that's something that I've been guilty of, not quite like Job, but w- one thing that I've been guilty of is is I've I've continuously. Tried to confess things to God that that I'd already confessed and he'd already forgiven me of, you know, but I hadn't forgiven myself.
1: Hmm.
2: So, you know, that's a that's an important thing, too, is we can keep ourselves in our own trials in that way by by just continuing to not Hmm. forgive ourselves for old past sins, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of Psalm fifty-one. David, you know, David writes the Psalm, Psalm fifty-one, in relation to his sin with Bathsheba, right? So obviously he, uh, if you read this portion, it just David's kind of. I mean, he's just really terrible in this part of his life. He he ends up allowing Uriah to die. I mean, and the way that it happens is just horrible, right? It says. He tells this commander of armies, you know, Uriah is Uriah is actually a more righteous person in this situation than David is. And he's like, hey, yeah, when Uriah, we're going to send him to the front lines like David's like, hey, Uriah, you know, you're you're such a great guy. I'm going to put you on the front lines like I'm going to put you out there first. Like you're the first to die. Right. You're so good. And so so he puts him out there and then he even tells he tells this commander, hey, you know what, when Uriah is out there and you see him out there fighting. Tell everyone else to come back. To come back, yeah. Talk about leaving a guy hanging, right? Yeah. And so, so, so David sets up the murder of Uriah just for the sake of trying to cover this thing up with Bathsheba, mm. only for the prophet Nathan to call his hand on it and say, "Well, you done." That? And then, so David writes the psalm. He writes Psalm fifty-one. But if you've ever read this psalm, it is, it is just so powerful as Dave, David's understanding of repentance and God's forgiveness and grace. Mm. He tells the Lord, create in me a clean heart, renew a loyal spirit within me. But if you notice, he says, and and he says, cast me not away from your presence, right? And he, and he don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me. Now, here's the key. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Hmm. What happens is when we keep repenting over something God's already forgiven us for. We lose that joy. Hmm. We don't have the joy of salvation. We don't understand the joy of salvation because we it's in our mind. What's really happening is a lack of faith. That God God's word is not enough. (laughs) Like when he speaks Uh, to us repentance and forgiveness and grace we go yeah but god i need to do this too and that's a total misunderstanding of god's grace and forgiveness that is a works righteousness Mm -hmm. inside of us that's trying to come out and and at that point it's actually saying that jesus's death is not enough Mm -hmm. and so so we we're losing not only the full understanding of of god's salvation but we are also losing the joy of it in doing that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah. That's why Paul was so, you know, always saying, believe because people, you know, sure they were trying to bring the law back and and you got to do all these things. But even more than that, he's saying, you've been forgiven, put it behind you, move on towards the goal of being more like christ yeah and you know temptations are not sins it is not sinful to be tempted it is sinful to give into a temptation
2: right that's right
1: leads to the trial
2: yeah you know one interesting thing too that came up recently is the the difference between um your uh, the doing doing a sin how do i want to say this Forget God can forgive you of a sin, but there's still the repercussions. Okay, you know there's still the physical repercussions that happen of the sin. So that's another thing too. Is we're talking about trials, there. You know, so like you know, there all throughout the Bible we can talk about stuff. You know, like like Robert just brought up David and and Uriah and all these things. So yes, so God forgave David of all that stuff but guess what uriah was still just as dead yeah there was still there were still repercussions of everything
0: that, and that this, happened and the child
2: died
1: and the, child, the died child died too died. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: and so you know he he didn't change but then he blesses the next child right which is saw. Yeah. yeah yeah right so so and think about that as as like forgiveness right like mm-hmm. Because how many of us would be like, well, God, you know, I've, I've sinned. And I mean, how many of us would still look at David and be like, well, David, you may have asked for forgiveness, but you still have Bathsheba as your wife. How dare you? Right. Now, you're still sleeping yeah. with this man's wife, right? Still, You're still technically enjoying the benefit of this criminal act, this evil act. And yet God blessed Solomon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Sol- Solomon has no right to be king. He's nowhere near the firstborn. Right, right. Like, and so and yet that is that is who is the king, right? And so so yeah, this this whole scenario is it we just do not to to a certain degree we don't understand forgiveness and grace without limit. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So true.
0: Um yeah, we, it's a kingdom.
2: Yeah, from a kingdom perspective, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it makes sense. An infinite God is giving infinite grace. Right. And so like he's not it's an unlimited every every quality has unlimited. Right. God's love doesn't run out. There's no situation where God says, well, I'm just unloving you. right? like it, it doesn't run out. He, he carries all of his qualities in an infinite way. And so, right. you know, it's just uh, when we think about that, grace has no measure. And that's why. I mean, so like when we're, we're talking about these trials and things, that's why God's God has patience. He has long suffering where he's willing to endure with us and he's willing to forgive us. Why? Jesus can look at Peter and say, well, uh, you know, Peter's like, how many times should I forgive? And God's like, you forgive I'm seven as, times. Many times, right. as many times, basically as many times as that person is willing to come. You forgive them. So. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean, though, that there's not a healthy boundary there. Right. But it, but it's right, like. Right. Right. But it, but every time there's a forgiveness and, and that's the way God holds these things. That's the way he does. And it's just it's hard for us to understand that because we, we like hold on to things. And uh, right. and that's not necessarily what God does.
2: Right, because we're we're looking at the physical we're looking at the repercussions we're looking at the the results of the sin that we still are living with day to day like you know for example you know let's say that you you know uh you have adultery and there's a child as a that's a result of it well God forgave you of the adultery but here you, you still have this child as a result of the adultery you know mm-hmm. and and th- this happens all the time it happened clear back in the old testament all the way through you know 2 minutes ago somewhere uh but but god forgave you of it and he might bless that child just like we talked about yeah. you know with solomon but kind of in a different way but uh you know that physical result you got to live with and that's that's the that's a struggle for us
1: Exactly. Right. Yeah. Let me tell you a really quick story that kind of just drives this point home. There was a little boy, we'll call him Billy, came home on the bus one day and had a paper in his hand and his dad standing at the gate and says Billy was in a lot of trouble in school. So his dad takes a nail, pounds it into the fence, the fence post by the gate. And he says, What's that for? He goes, Because you got in trouble. And he said the next day he comes home and Billy got in trouble again, so he pounds another nail. And he says, you're going to pound a nail every time I get in trouble? He goes, yes, I am. And after a couple months, the fence post was filled with nails and he was working on the other side. And Billy realized, I wonder if he'll take them out if I'm good. So he comes home one day, dad, I didn't get in any trouble at all, pulls out a nail. So a couple months later, he had pulled out all the nails and Billy was so excited. And he says, look, dad, all the nails are gone. He says, yeah, but look, you can still see where they were that's right mm-hmm. you can still see the scars yeah that's
2: right and somewhere in ashtabula ohio there's a fence <laughs>
0: no, a shot with a shotgun <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me no and was and was billy really called billy Phil? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> billy billy <laughs> no
1: my dad would say why don't you get in trouble no i'm just kidding <laughs> 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 that was great. That was
2: great.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, think about this, too. Like, you can see that those, like, I kind of look at it like scars. We all have our scars. Yeah. But if we, when we come to the Lord, uh, what is a scar? A scar is a wound that is healed. You can yeah. see it. You know what happened. You remember it. But no Absolutely. longer. Happened. And, like, that's that's kind of the thing. Like, we are full of scars. Um, Some people still have open wounds that are festering, right? Those are things they got to deal with. And, like, God needs to help them with that. Yeah. But to get that scar there. Um, you know, lots of scars. The Earth has so many scars from the flood, results of sin. Mm -hmm. The Grand Canyon, mountains, you know, mountains that are super high. The climate change and all these, all these different things that have happened to the Earth because of a result of sin. That was, you know, we're looking at a fallen condition, and and we see the results. We see the scars. Yeah, but it didn't make the Earth unlivable. God somehow didn't say something like he's, you know, going to just destroy the earth now, like he's, his desire is that we would still be saved, still have forgiveness, still live in grace, still do the right. And so, so there was still a plan, you yeah. know, the saving grace of that, of course, was Noah, right? The ark is, is God's saving grace here for humanity. And so, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of things like we have to pay attention to that, yes. We will go through trials. We'll go through temptations. The enemy may attack. We may do things to ourselves. But in reality, God has a plan. Mm-hmm. And it's always a saving, a plan of salvation and healing. It's just whether we're willing to really go to the Lord to let him handle that and to understand his perspective from it. Mm-hmm. Those consequences will be there. I met a I remember a professor that I talked to once. She she brought this up because she kind of related this to some of the Old Testament things that were happening. She was our Old Testament teacher at Regent University. And she yeah. uh she said that she had gotten herself into a lot of credit card trouble. And uh and so she kept praying for the Lord to deliver her, you know, deliver me from this, Lord, deliver me from this. And so God had blessed her with a good job, but he he didn't deliver her from the debt. And she said, Well, why aren't you delivering me from the debt? And and the Lord, he, she said, the Lord told her, well, because he said, how did you get into this debt? Well, she said, well, well like one purchase at a time, right? And he's like, well, that's how you're going to get out of it. You're going to get out of it by one payment at a time. Mm. And uh, and so just the just uh it was an expression of his teaching to her. You you know she was forgiven of it but had to deal with the consequence of it so that she would learn from it. And so uh, a lot of times we see that, right? We do the same thing with our kids a lot, right? That they would, we let them go through some mm-hmm. of the consequences so that they will learn from it.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Robert, one thing that came to my mind when you were talking about the scars, mm-hmm. one thing that I was thinking about, I've been reading some here and there a little bit, not in depth, but just you know, headlines about Kat Von D, which if people don't know who she is, she was like a celebrity tattoo artist and she was on TV and stuff. And she turned her heart to the Lord not very long ago, I forget, or sometime earlier in in 2023 at some point. But tattoo artist, she's covered in tattoos and, and she, you know, was not a believer. Now she's a believer and she's still covered in these tattoos. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying anything against tattoos, but I'm saying that there are, that there are people who, you know, tap, get tattoos as a sort of therapy for themselves. I know a lot of people who um, who go through trauma or go through issues, they get tattoos as a way t- for them to try to mentally heal or emotionally heal, let's say. But now, you know, like in her case, she's covered in tattoos and now she's coming to Christ and she's realizing, man, Christ is my savior. Christ is my healer. You know, God is the one that I serve. And so, but she's still got the, the, these scars from her past, these re- physical reminders of all the things that she had been through in her life, good and bad, you know, uh, whatever the story was. She's got scars. And so she'll carry those now for the rest of her life. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
2: And it's interesting to think about. So it's kind of like the, the, the bliss family fence up in Ashtabula.
1: (laughs) My brother.
0: (laughs) And, and I'd like to point this out. Like our, our savior has the same situation. Yeah. 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 Forever. He bears the mark of crucifixion on him. Mm -hmm. He showed to Thomas the whole, right. So he's a resurrected savior still has the holes yes he still mm-hmm. has the side right E sin marked our savior but it wasn't his sin right it was the it was the 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 situation of what he bore for us right and so in it's interesting that god resurrects himself but does not take away those marks mm-hmm. yeah those will forever think about that. Those will forever be a reminder to humanity of the cost yep. of salvation. Forever. Right. He will bear those marks.
2: Yeah. Right. That's a great, that's a that's a good mic drop. Yes, it is.
1: Hmm. Wow. Well we've been going for almost 40 minutes now, but um you know, every week we always say really good episode and i always walk away thinking man can we get better than that but we get better every week and i know Mm -hmm. tooting my own horn here right now but we are this is good this was really good tonight and i'm really enjoying this and i i know people are enjoying it because we got more people watching and listening now than ever before so i just want to shout out to all the people who watch and listen thank you
2: yeah. Thank you. And send us and, and send us requests, send us questions. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I haven't checked in the last couple of days to see if we had any, but I'll check in right. and we put that out there again tonight. What was the question again last week,
2: Chad? It was, it was about the cultural shift. So That's right. cool. if anyone, in, in, if anyone has any questions or thoughts or Im- impressions about the whole cultural shift, basically about how, you know, when Jesus came, uh, there was a, a major dynamic shift in the culture that people had a difficult time grasping. So, yeah, just real quick, imagine yourself, uh, imagine yourself living under all the laws. And, and let's say, for example, you know, let's say probably everybody here watch, lives watching lives in the United States. Let's say if somebody came in tomorrow and said, we're doing away with the Constitution and we're just going to go to martial law starting now okay kind of a weird example kind of obviously not the same because we're st- talking spiritual versus physical but the idea is how would it change your life because from a spiritual aspect that's what happened when jesus entered the scene mm. so long story short think about that you know think about that that's what these people were experiencing they were they were used to thousands of years of of uh, Old Testament covenant, the law of Moses. And then all of a sudden uh, the savior shows up on the scene and nobody was really waiting for him probably. And uh, here he comes and here he is. And now their entire spiritual life and their salvation is changed right before their eyes and they don't know how to deal with it.
1: You know, that's a very great point because and it is something that we need to talk about more on, a, on an episode, but It was their sinfulness that got them to the point where it was hard to change. And um, their sinfulness that blinded them from seeing the time of his presence on earth. Yeah, we, we definitely need to make that a topic in the next couple of weeks.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sounds like a good plan. And remember, truth fears no questions. We may not have all the answers to those questions, but we don't fear them. That's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) We'll we'll talk ourselves around a circle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I just checked. We haven't had any comments um, from the last couple. So uh, at least not on YouTube. I didn't check Podbean. But um, I'm sure sure. we'll get some.
2: Yeah, if Mm -hmm. you do, send them in. Yep. All right, guys, well, I
1: am on a deadline, so I need to wrap up. But uh, Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was a great, great, great conversation. Yeah, well. great
2: conversation. Look forward to next week.
1: Yeah. Yep. Hopefully there will be less snow.
2: That's not a problem in South Carolina. I mean, <laughs> <when> we're, <laughs> we're, I, what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? I mean, we don't have any snow. I mean, we have less snow than zero. Is yeah. it
1: snow there at all?
0: uh usually about once or twice a year okay freaks out for about a day and then it's gone okay okay yeah, you get, if we get an inch or two it's like a major snowstorm oh I bet. Yeah.
1: well i thought it had stopped today and i went and shoveled my driveway and i went out about an hour and a half later and i was like you gotta be kidding me it came down again <laughs> i'm just gonna wait till i see that great big ball of orange in the sky And then I'll shovel again. (laughs) Well,
2: don't hold your
0: breath waiting for that. I know. (laughs) Uh,
1: Maybe if I go to South Carolina.
2: (laughs) I know. A little does Robert know. I saw
0: it every day. Every day so far, it's been sunny. It's been beautiful. Um,
2: Robert's going to hear this noise outside of his house one day. He's going to pull the curtain and wonder what it is. And it's going to be this pickup truck, you know, shoveling up a
0: Palmetto. (laughs) Putting it in his bed. Hong Kong. (laughs) Come on. I, I think everybody should live where the warmth is. Yeah. <laughs> All I agree. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. That's right. And the older I get, the more I love the heat. So, yeah, I, I can't yeah. say that I'm disappointed.
1: For sure. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. And maybe, maybe next week we can talk about that, Chad. Palmetto's? Uh, no.
2: The heat? <laughs> Sunshine?
1: <laughs> oh, my.
2: No, (laughs) hey, but you know what? Jesus lived in the Mediterranean.
1: That's true. I mean,
2: look at it, they got it right. They at least they live in the right climate. That's true.
1: (laughs) I knew what he was doing,
0: huh?
2: (laughs) That's right. He didn't plop Jesus down in the Ohio Valley and make him live through this
0: snow. Oh boy, oh yeah, that's right. Do you know it could be they, but in Israel, they have every climate, really. Yes, every single climate. It could be snowing in Jerusalem, and it could be very, very sunny and warm where the Dead Sea is. Hmm.
1: That sounds like Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right, right. Well, that's all within one day too in Ohio. (laughs) Yeah, I can. Hmm. All right, guys. I'm dropping off. uh, Great talking with you again tonight. Thanks everybody for tuning in and. We'll be Mm -hmm. back next week.
2: See you next week.